Hello and welcome to another episode of CBO Speaks. I'm your host, Donna Sheely. Today we are joined with Mitchell Ween. He is the Senior Vice President for Finance and the Chief Administrative Officer for Haverford College. Mitch, thanks for being with us today and welcome. Thank you so much for the kind invitation. I'm thrilled to be here. Awesome. Well, Mitch, you have done it all. Let's talk about your career path. Take us all the way back to Arizona State University and tell us your journey to higher ed. When I first started in higher education in 2007, uh, it was about 20 years uh, after I had been working in the private sector. And what really brought me to work in uh, higher education was a continued interest in public finance, in uh, capital markets and finance and in operations, working with not-for-profits and governmental entities. And I really learned that and I really got excited about it, inspired by it from Arizona State University. I was an economics undergraduate um, major and a finance minor and had a lot of interest in um, political and economic theory, political economy, um, early um, political uh, and economic theory such as public goods um, and the tragedy of the commons, um, rules like that that really spoke about how the capital markets and finance could really be positive contributors to our region, our community, our nation, our planet. And the uh, rules around that of how I learned that and come to uh, be uh, in intrigued by them uh, brought me into graduate school at Carnegie Mellon University, where I really began to hone that and really focused on public finance and public capital markets. And by good fortune, uh, my first job right out of Carnegie Mellon was with um, a super regional public finance, uh, uh, large financial institution. And I, by good fortune, began to work in the higher education group and became very interested in the mission of academia, the mission of the student experience, the mission of transforming lives, the mission of knowledge creation, and really using the financial skills and acumen and creativity and innovation to really help those very mission-driven clients and that very mission-driven institutions. And I had also the good fortune of working for a financial institution that was very community um, focused and very committed to working with neighbors and um, area employers um, and other contributors to their local economy. And that was really um, something that I was also very inspired by. And it, it carries me through today. So fast forwarding a little bit, mm -hmm. move into um, higher education. I had work, worked with a number of clients around the country in college university financing. And one of my clients had an opportunity for me to join them. Awesome. And uh, one conversation led to the next. And in 2007, I became a chief business officer after 20 years of working in the private sector with colleges and universities from around the country of all different sorts. Some of the very largest universities in the nation and the largest state systems to the smaller um, private institutions um, that are very uh, locally focused. And it was a really uh, great experience for me to see the full spectrum of higher education relationships. And I was really excited to, to join Haverford College. It's been uh, an incredible experience and it's only really honed my interest in finance and operations and business activities in furtherance and service of, a, of an educational institution. 
So you had an advantage by working um, when you were in the private sector to work uh, with colleges and universities and then join an actual university. So what was the biggest change? I mean, you kind of were on the outside looking in and then you became you know, someone on the inside. So what was the change that you, that you saw, or was there any change you were, you kind of knew what to expect? There were certain things, um, that I, that I, um, uh, knew what to expect. And there were a number of things that were different. And I think it is different when you're actually inside the institution and really living it, um, day to day and understanding really what drives the institution on a day to day basis. And I think in part, I spent a fair amount of time in the private sector thinking about very creative solutions that would hopefully create an advantage or an opportunity for the client, for the college that we're working with. And that was um, very an intensive um, analytical value prop value added uh, approach. Um, what, but the challenge that I recognized in, in as a chief business officer is you don't have all of your time dedicated to a single goal, but it's a much broader range of responsibilities and scope. And that is very important. Financing and bond issues and capital markets are very important to be sure, but it is one part of a very broad chief business officer's portfolio. So um, it was a much different range of responsibilities that I had and a much broader scope. Instead of being very deep on a particular topic, it's a broader uh, um, experience. I think the other larger difference um, is um, really the focus on the very long term. And I knew that um, from working with colleges, but knowing that um, institutions operating in perpetuity and being there for many generations to come and having histories that date back hundreds, hundreds of years in many cases um, is something that you recognize that you're, you're thinking about the institution on a very long term basis but making short-term decisions or immediate decisions or action decisions today that are also in furtherance of that long-term goal. So I think that was really balanced um, in that we don't start every year um, afresh. (laughs) We continue, right? Uh, We continue uh, with the foundation that we have and building on that foundation for the future. So I think those differences were were, uh, telling to me. What was really interesting, what was very consistent, I would say there's less difference from the private and not-for-profit sectors than I expected. Um, I, it was more similar in certain ways. Um, there is still is a range of, when we were uh, doing investment banking work, we would present a range of hopefully attractive opportunities and options, pros and cons, costs and benefits to the client. And which one was best for them was gleaned from conversation and more analysis and could be different for one college than for a different university. So it was very specific to them. So there wasn't only one answer. And I think what I learned from that experience is anal- analyzing options and pros and cons of different solutions is that also works really well at Haverford College and college university generally, where there's different ways to solve the problem or the opportunity in front of us, the challenge in front of us. Let's talk about them. There's pros and cons and trade-offs. There's risks and bandwidth and resource constraints and which one makes the most sense. So I don't rarely in my position today come with, here's the only way to do something, but rather here's the way that we could think about that. And through conversation and collaboration and shared governance, we come up with the best 
answer, we hope, for the institution for the long term. So it's really very similar in that it is analytical, it is conversational, it is collaborative. We did that in the private sector, talking with clients, and we absolutely do that inside Haverford College today. You had an advantage coming in, so that's great. <laughs> that is great. Well, talk to you, you. You touched on the broad issues and the portfolio that you have um, as a CBO. Can you just touch on some of the things that you are over at um, Haverford College? Sure. So um, many of the functions that uh, oversee at Haverford College are um, so well connected to other areas. So it really is, while I have responsibility for it, it's really, again, in servants and furtherance of the mission of the institution. So dining, for example, um, is an area, and I'll mention them uh, perhaps more quickly, but dining is an area that we want to make sure is um, a, a value add to our student experience, that it is an opportunity for students to have a great, healthy meal, to interact, to, to um collaborate with each other and to be part of the community. And it's, it's because our undergraduate students are, you know, eating on campus often for four years. We want to make sure it really is um, a very uh, good experience for them. And so in part, it's not just uh, dining, but it's part of our community when we think about doing dining particularly well. So dining is one area um, I oversee um, and all of the different components of dining, catering and retail and our main um, uh, cafeteria operations, and so on. Campus safety, um, which includes parking and environmental health and safety, as well as um, campus safety activities. And obviously, um, our campus well-being, our student well-being is paramount in, in, in that arena. Um, oversee facilities and plant operations and grounds, and our Arboretum campus uh, is all part of, of um, the facilities operations, including managing major capital projects, major renovations that Haverford takes on, um, and uh, improvements to the, to the physical plant. Um, the controller's office, um, which is all of the activities around accounting and grant accounting and student billing and endowment accounting, uh, receivables and payables and purchasing. Um, human resources um, and benefits um, is an area that obviously serves all of our, including student employees, but all of our faculty and staff um, colleagues. And uh, finance and budgeting and planning oversee as well. And the uh, conferences and events, summer camps and programs, and we call it at Haverford College, auxiliary administrative services. So mail center and reprographics is part of uh, that operation, um, as well as kind of central purchasing and uh, central receiving is part of that operation. So it's, it's pretty broad. I would yes. say it's really, <laughs> it's really in support again of all of the activities that the, the college tries to provide. So when it's going well, uh, it could be behind the scenes. And that's great because it really is um, serving the institution. Definitely, definitely. So of all those um, aspects of your job, um, outside of the core functions, and it sounds like you have a, a passion for dining. I heard that. But, <laughs> but what do you feel? What do you feel most important uh, in, in all of your duties and aspects of your job? I spent a little bit on time um, in dining at the beginning of our uh, this conversation. Um, because I really wanted to say how, at least how we think about it here, how I think about it, that I wanted to be more than a place to pick up a meal and to do it well. And because our students are here and looking for 
uh, real a good experience. We want to provide that so that it adds to the student experience here and to our catering. And that's part I wanted to connect it to why dining exists on campus and why we provide it um, ourselves. We, it's an in-house pr- provided service. Um, I think in each of the areas that we that uh, oversee, what gets me excited about it is in each case connecting why we're doing that. So even our physical plant. And even our camp, so the physical plant. So we have beautiful buildings and we maintain them um, and uh, labs and classrooms and residential facilities and student facilities and athletic facilities. But to what end is the question that we usually ask ourselves. Why do we have these offices here? And we try to think about it in a way that the, the buildings are there to provide the academic program and in an academic building to provide the academic program. So the labs and the classrooms and the seminar rooms and the student lounges are there for that purpose. So whenever we make a renovation or think about a new facility or um, or other adjustments to it, it's with, it's again, towards that end. Why we, we challenge ourselves to think about why the plant is there and what the goals are. So what gets me excited about that is really making sure that we ask that question at the outset rather than, just answer the question in front of us. We really try to get at the outset, why, what's the long-term goal and what are we trying to accomplish? And that, once we ask the question well, we could probably come up with the right answer rather than coming up with the answer before we've asked the question, which we work hard to avoid. Um, let's say, here's what we're going to do. Let's pull it off the shelf and do that again. That often is the right answer, but we want to check ourselves and make sure that in the current environment, current challenges, current new op- opportunities, is it still the right answer? So we check ourselves by asking the question again, afresh, often, when we're doing it well. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, you know, there may be um, some CBOs listening that are like, man, that sounds like you have an amazing team to be able to um, ask those questions, those whys, and to get ahead of, you know, the situations that you're facing. So how do you build your team and develop a good team? Certainly fortunate to have a very uh, good team um, at Haverford College, um, some of which um, have added since I've arrived and, and a number of which um, um, were here um, before I came to Haverford. And they're long-term, very qualified, committed um, uh, folks to, to work at Haverford. Um, and I think the way that I try to work with um, members of the team is to have conversations with them as to understand what the issue is to be helpful to them to in the role that I have I often have the opportunity to get um, obstacles and burdens out of the way or to have conversations with others across campus to try to remove even in a smaller institution remove some of the bureaucracy that any place may have and to try to get to win-wins and to get things to a yes higher education I think does a great job in studying questions and in looking for data and for more analysis. And we also want to make sure that we can actually also put the implement it well and execute it well um, and get to a good answer. And part of my job is to set up metrics and benchmarks for us, understand what they are, why those benchmarks are important, what we're trying to accomplish, and then collectively try to, to get to that end. And I think what I try to do then in creating the good team is talking about what our goals are, what the benchmarks are, how we're going to do that. Do we have the resources we needed to do it? If we do things, we want to do them well rather than just everything. So sometimes we deprioritize something and say, we'll do that later. 
right? We'll do that because we're really focused on these things and we need to do this well. So part of my job is to really help them prioritize both time and resources and bandwidth in their own hours in the day, um, as well as helping to get obstacles out of their way to accomplish the things. And occasionally ask questions and interrogate and think through different ways to um, to get to that better result. That's great. I, I, you know, it's sticking on my mind. I'm, I'm very curious. I'm going back to the dining okay. <laughs> because, you know, being in college, that is so important. And yes. I remember being in school and that's your home away from home. And I'm, I'm just curious as to some of the things specifically that you are doing to make it more, um, comfortable and a great experience for your students. It often, you know, starts with the people, of course, um, and to um, have great folks um, in in each location. We're talking about dining in each location where um, it's friendly. It feels like, as you've mentioned, Donna, it feels like um, a home away from home. We would love to have that here and to have a variety of choices such that um, if you're on campus for four years, you still see a range of good choices and to be also um, consistent with our college principles. We want it to be fair trade and organic and local and, and nutritious and a good value um, so that the students can see that it's a really good place to eat and they want to be there with, with their with their fellow students. So I think we think about what the goals are um, and um, what we're trying to accomplish and make sure each thing that we do is helping to achieve that that goal. And I think in part, little things that we've done um, is we've set up some benchmarks and parameters uh, to be communicative to our students, what we're trying to accomplish. And because um, we want students to have as many different choices, we have, we created some better flexibility for students to eat in different locations than be more limited so that um, as an undergraduate institution, we want students on our campus to have about as many different choices as we could provide as reasonably possible. So that's part of the approach. You know, when you think back at school, that's one of the experiences a lot of people remember, you know, their dining experience. So it's very important. And I just thought that was really um, very key that you that you brought that up. All right. Well, I want to transition just a little bit. I want to talk about some of the challenges, you know, some of the lessons learned over the years. You've had a vast career and talk to us a little bit about some of the hard lessons that you've learned that, you know, if you had to do it over, you might have done it a little differently. Differently, but you learn from it. Talk to us a little bit about that. So I think as an academic institution, one of the things that we try to do really well is, is be a learning institution and learn from the things of the past. And I, as I mentioned, I joined uh, college in 2007. And just um, a few months um, later, the Great Recession hit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that last, what, a year and a half or so to June 2009, I guess from December 2007 to June 2009. We recognized that things were correlated, perhaps in the industry or in, in higher education, more than some may have assumed that when the market goes down and philanthropy uh, tends to be under stress and families need uh, additional assistance, that um, there could be both increasing costs of support as well as um, decreasing revenue at the same time from endowment draws or from, from other sources of revenue that all together really need to be balanced because very few institutions really start with uh, more resources than they've got good ideas. And Haverford has lots of great ideas to enhance our mission and really have to prioritize those um, great ideas based on the mission. 
and um, and the resources that are available. And I think the challenge that I had in 2007 was recognizing that um, some of the things that people thought, the entire industry thought, may have been um, not highly correlated, were more highly correlated than expected, such that um, in this pro-cyclical nature that um, the institutions were harmed a little bit more quickly, perhaps more dramatically than perhaps they may have thought going into that. So we've learned from that and learned to diversify our risk, diversify um, our balance sheet, diversify our revenue streams, diversify some of the things where we know where we can take risk operationally and things that we'd rather not take risk on our balance sheet or operationally because things that are beyond our immediate control. So what we've learned from that is to recognize, even though it's a dozen years ago, is we've changed where the institution is okay taking risks on different ways, financially or operationally, and where we're not. And I think um, we've restructured a number of things to try to mitigate that such that if that were to happen again, we would have more resiliency, more financial um, uh, across the industry, more financial capacity to not make dramatic changes. And I actually think part of that, a very different type of crisis, to be sure, the pandemic, part of the lessons that were learned about um, how to be nimble, how to be agile, how to make changes by going to um, a remote environment in March of 2020 um, quickly um, and providing an exceptional experience, an exceptional academic program. We learn from ability to think about what happens if and to continue to provide the program that we're looking to provide. So I think um, those lessons were learned. It's a very different type of risk profile than the Great Recession from today and the health-focused one today, which is very, uh, very significant. But I think those lessons were learned to how we think about risks in different places as well. Yeah. Who knew? I mean, no one, of course, knew that the pandemic was going to hit us the way it did. And and so now that we're coming out of it, 2022 and, you know, things are, are starting to look a little better. Talk to me a little bit about the future and your vision for higher ed as we move out of that. And we're kind of transitioning and pivot, as they say, into, you know, a different Maybe we don't know what's coming up. So how does the future look? I think what we've learned from that um, is that being agile and nimble is is really a value that uh, college universities do have. Um, and we do spend, you know, have lots of committees and lots of analysis and lots of good conversation and, and, and a really good approach to shared governance. And also that need not be um, in conflict with being agile and being focused on being well positioned for the future. So I think when we think about it, it's what will the next generation look like and what will the next 10 years look like and the next for us five to 10 years look like. And we have models that look out that far and to try to be really well positioned for the next decade. And um, I think the challenges that were there pre-COVID um, remain institutions that um, think about, you know, their value proposition and, you know, their, the cost sensitivity that we all have, um, the, um, ability to provide great financial support for students and families, um, and to provide a, um, an exceptional, um, academic experience. What we've focused on, I think, in part is the things that we do, we want to do really well. Um, rather than um, the other thing that really just mentioned is from coming out of the Great Recession, there used to be 
if school X, Y, or Z had this amenity or had this attribute or had this program, we should have it too to be competitive. And I think what actually happened from the Great Recession in a, although a very difficult environment, could have been helpful to higher education and was, is for institutions to look, say, well, we're going to do this really well. And there's other institutions that are doing that really well. And there was more differentiation. And I think in part, um, schools really, um, like mine, began to focus on we're going to be the best Haverford we can be and really deliver an exceptional program and be very focused and be very sharp on what we're trying to provide. And if another school is doing that down the road, doing it really well, that's great. So then student or an applicant has choice as to what's the best fit for them. And let's do the things that we do with excellence and, 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 um, and value to the students and families and faculty and staff in the community. So I think looking forward, it continues to be a sharpen, a sharpening of, of focus and an allocation of resources, um, being mission driven and recognizing that there's trade offs to make. And making sure that each time you make those trade-offs that they're enhancing what your goals are. And to have a long enough goal uh, that you're not reacting day-to-day, but recognizing that the decisions day-to-day are going to help you to that long-term goal. So it's the natural balance of short-term versus long-term generation to not privilege one over the other or underprivilege one over the other, um, and to can make those connections for the longer term. So I think that's the challenge that institutions have. It's the long-term focus um, and the natural challenges that we could spend many hours talking about that higher education institutions have across the country. Wow, that's very key, very key. Thank you. Well, Mitch, thank you so much for sharing with us today. We appreciate all your time and everything you share with us uh, is very valuable. You can find out more about Mitchell Ween in today's episode by visiting podcasts at nakubo.org under professional development, then click online education. Make sure you subscribe to CBO Speaks on Apple Podcasts so that you can get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Mitch and myself, I want to thank you for joining us for this episode of CBO Speaks. Be well. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Susan Wheeler Johnston, President and CEO of the National Association of College and University Business Officers. You can find resources for today's episode, as well as a wide variety of research and tools at nakubo.org. I hope you enjoy the podcast. (music) 